0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake is on assignment. I think he got a bunch of board games for his birthday and uh, is probably punching out all sorts of little tokens. Sounds about right. Yeah. But on running the boards is Joey D's. Hello. On today's show, we will get our first impressions of the first three episodes of The Boys. Woo. We'll talk a little bit about packs online and a. Of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicki, how can people get a hold of us? Get
1: a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. .com. It's have our blogs, podcasts, and more? More. More. Or just search for BJJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us.
0: Yeah, lots of ways to listen to us. Give us those five-star reviews, and I will love you forever. So much love. So much love. So much love. Um, Last week, we said that we were going to be taking it off because the long weekend, Labor Day weekend, Mm -hmm. we were off on Friday and uh, Monday, so no episodes. Um, But it did give us a chance to watch The Boys. I thought the whole thing was going to drop. Same. So everyone out there just know that The Boys is not three episodes long it was more actually today is the dropping of the fourth episode so that is very exciting titled Nothing Like It in the World we'll have to see how that goes Uh, first impression so far for me um, loving it uh, it's uh, a lot of the same in terms of character development, some strong stuff in that, especially with some um, secondary characters that really kind of went through the ringer in the first place. I uh, get to see some new characters, but it's still just as gory and bloody. And uh, if you forget about that,
2: just remember people's heads will explode. Yeah. Yeah. I cleared my entire mm. Saturday and only had to sit on the couch for three hours. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. Congratulations. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. I have no problems. I mean, they don't, they really rushed through everything that I felt needed to be rushed through in the sense that, you know, there were some characters that we kind of had an inkling about that yes. might not be on the show for so long. And there was no real stalling and the story made sense. And that is one of those interesting things, too, because I feel that,
0: I mean, putting out these three episodes um, made sense in terms of like, all three of them, like I mean, obviously a, uh, a season should connect well, but these three connected very well, like it would almost be a long movie.
2: Yeah, like an introduction almost to the show
0: itself. Yeah, it's reminding you um, about a lot of these characters, introducing some new characters, and like you said, getting rid of some people that we just kind of have to tie some
2: loose ends, tie a bow on, and move on from. Yeah, even like the way the first episode waits to introduce Butcher's character back into the show, Mm. Yeah, almost as if to say, hey, this is what the show is. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But you have to deal with the fallout of what happened, because the last they saw... Butcher disappeared. Yep. Uh, You didn't know what happened, and they dealt with that very well, considering, I mean, spoiler, if you haven't watched uh, the first season, uh, we come to find out that his wife, who he's been looking for, well, thought was dead.
1: Possibly dead, but he was still maybe hoping that she was still alive.
0: And she was raising Homelander's son.
2: Which, Which, by the way, is awesome. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's absolutely fantastic. In these three episodes, you get to kind of deal with uh, Homelander finding, uh, you know, having a son, wanting to connect with that son, but
2: it's Homelander. Homelander's a terrible <laughs> superhuman hero guy. Like, it's just he's terrible. Think of Captain America, except incredibly corrupt and arrogant. Oh, yeah. This is
1: how bad he is in the comics. There's a scene where he's like eating a baby. Really?
0: Like, I forgot grr. about that.
1: He's oh. like killing everybody. <laughs> that that
0: yeah. kind of makes sense. I think one of my favorite scenes in these first three episodes is uh, when he's trying to teach his kid to fly. Oh, man. <laughs> did you think the kid was dead? I did. So did I. <laughs> like, there was just like a point where you're like... That kid doesn't have powers, does he? So
1: they, uh,
2: <laughs>
1: they actually did an interview with the uh, Anthony Starr who plays Homelander, mm-hmm. and like what his thoughts were on the, how the scene played out to him. And it says, I get very subjective about these things because I'm looking at it from the character's point of view. And all oh, I can geez. say is this, my friend. When I saw that and that little high-pitched scream came out of that child, I was on the ground crying with laughter. <laughs> I think it's, it's so funny. I just love what the guys uh, in it did in post with the visual effects. We're yeah. so lucky we got the, you know, their the VFX uh, supervisor Stephen Fleet and his team and the boys. They do such a great job, and it was great when you see it all put together. Obviously, we did not push the kid off the roof. That oh, would have God, been way right? too Yeah, he said that would be way too time consuming. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that would, he's like, but um, that was a joke. But you know, we now, we have to reset. Yeah,
0: one of the interesting things with that actor too is, and it's no fault of his. He's like an ultra charismatic guy. Like he's amazing. But I see like a more charismatic Jason Bateman as him. So anytime I see that, it sort of cracks me up, hmm. just because it would be like, what if Jason Bateman was in this role? And it's it's no no knock on Anthony Starr. like He's mm-hmm. an amazing actor, and I think he embodies Homelander so well. But every time I see that, I just chuckle to myself. I can night. see that a little bit. Yeah, it kind of cracks me up on all of it. Um, I really loved what these first three episodes did with uh, The Deep, because you sort of forget how much of a D-bag he really was Mm -hmm. and how much that he kind of set the tone for the entire series with what he did to Starlight when she was first inducted to the Seven. And, I mean, you know, trigger warning on all that with the whole, you know, sexual forcing to do, you know, acts. uh, It is one of those things where he's trying to work his way back into the Seven But I totally
2: understand why people are like, F you, you don't belong anywhere, you piece of crap. Do me a favor. What, whose voice is the voice of his gills?
1: Pat Oswalt. Thank you. Good oh, his name. yeah. Good I, call. I knew yeah. It was, so here's the thing with Pat Oswalt. Pat, I watch a lot of animated things. <laughs> <laughs> that's I couldn't think of what it was. Pat Oswalt does a lot of animated shows, and he has such a distinct voice. Between Ratatouille being a movie, he's been on Rick and Morty. Uh, I think he was on. Arch What's the other animated show I watch all the time? Anyways, but he's on everything, so I just catch his voice like that. I know when it's him.
0: Good call. Good call. Now that's actually even funnier. Like I didn't oh, good, realize. Right? I just like it was one of those where I'm like I remember that voice from somewhere I can't remember where (laughs) that makes it so much better and what an interesting way to take his character to go straight to body image because I totally forgot he even had gills yeah but then even like in these like three episodes just like you realize that he has body issues and body image issues, which is, for a fit guy like that, having the gills, it makes sense. And I it was brought up uh, last season as well when the mm-hmm. girls were, like, sticking their hands in their little... But
1: that was also kind of a whole lesson in consent for him.
0: Exactly. It was one of those harsh lessons, and he's kind of figuring that out. And I just don't know. Like, God, he's just an idiot. He's just dumb. And it's mm-hmm. like, is he really trying, or is he just knowing that he this is his only way to get back is to be apologetic? It's really hard to see where it's going to go with all of that. It almost
1: feels like he's trying to fall into the cult, but not really. Like, right? he's avoiding it, but he's kind of falling for what they're saying, and... Um, but I do I will give that whole scene with him and the like the whale before the end <laughs> but, like the whale and the sharks and whatever that was pretty awesome he was yeah. looking pretty badass for like a second
2: yeah Dude, that, whole, so that whole scene is so great especially if you think about it from his point when he's standing on the whale and he's like wow I kind of am useless <laughs> like when,
1: when things went bad yes because he's like yeah you can't get past me yeah like I got this and then oh crap yep. <laughs>
2: and then Homelander just wrecks him your suit got ripped Dude, and he's oh, dude. I was like, oh, the poor, poor. Right, d-. yeah, and it just goes
0: right back to that body issue thing, mm-hmm. and that's just like, I, I don't want to feel bad for this d bag, but the show again, like I said, strong character development with suddenly an explosion of guts. Literally, he's mourning the yeah. whale. <laughs> now, a new thing on that also is the the new character Stormfront, which mm-hmm. I thought was amazing—a new addition to the uh, seven. And I was wondering how close they were going to keep the character because they gendered swapped the character was a male in the comic books is now a female who really is a millennial or I mean maybe even younger who has a real pulse on the online community, the mm-hmm. Instagram community, all of that stuff, and you see that early on, but. When you see her slowly start to kind of rise to maybe be like she's the new girl, but also is kind of vying for the leadership role because Homelander's, you know, off trying to be daddy. It's really kind of strange to see what she's doing. But then also when you see it at the end of this three episode arc. A lot of the stuff from the comic books is going to translate, and it's not good. Like, the character isn't going to be good. You just know that. But, wow, like, like they're I, going the way that I know that they're going.
1: So, like, I read the comics. I never got to Stormfront, and if I did, I don't remember because it's been that many years since I've read the comics. Um, however, because I'm constantly looking up things on the Internet for, yeah. you know, to provide you with all that great content and memes on the Facebooks <laughs> uh, and for the show, the podcast here, I knew like what the character was and so I was kind of yeah. waiting to see how they would showcase that and I was it was just a tiny little thing and it was like oh a this tiny is the thing. this mm-hmm. is the beginning no because it's going to you know it's going to oh, get worse yeah
0: especially with this stuff but when she is the big
2: hero Pay close attention to what she's doing. And not to mention, she like lightning blasted like five people or something in that building yeah. without a care. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And pay attention to the people she's blowing yep. up. Yep, that's Like what I was that's say. the thing. And I don't want to give
0: any spoilers because mm-hmm. I know some people are going to be into this, and some people I know are waiting until the whole season drops. They're doing weekly past this, which uh, some people are Amazon review bombing them because they're mad that it's going to be a weekly schedule. But hey, guys, there's a lots. Of, there's lots of stuff out there. Right. You can wait a week to watch each new episode. Did You're, it for Game of Thrones. Yeah, right.
2: Did it for Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, oh, yeah. I
1: do love reading all the reactions when pe- people who don't know.
2: Oh, God, yeah. And so they're
1: like, oh, I like this and this. Oh, wait, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> like it's when it like, comes to characters yeah, or certain it, aspects.
0: It's like when uh, people started naming their uh, child Daenerys. Ooh. Right. And you're like, you maybe should have waited till the last season, but you know, hey, hey, just change it. you do you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're loving the season two. Our first impressions are positive on that. Wait, Thank you. C- Can't wait to see more on that. It is so effed up. I love it. Maybe if you had uh, a lot of time to binge stuff and you don't have uh, something like the boys to watch because you've watched it all, maybe you can watch some things online around gaming packs online this year. So the Penny Arcade Expo is not happening in person, but. It is happening September 12th through the 20th online. You can go to online.packsite.com. And I wanted to mention some of the cool things that are going on because one of my friends out there, Derek Graziano, is actually doing a panel at PAX this year. Super cool. He has a thing called Rolling Misadventures, where him and some friends, and I've been on it actually way in the past, uh, where they play Fiasco, and they go through the setup of it, and then they go through the entire game, and it's just a really, really fun improv game. And he's actually going to be a part of the festivities at PAX, online this year with the panel happening next Tuesday the 15th at 6pm called Improving Your Tabletop Podcast, Learn From Our Mistakes. So you can join him, Derek from Rolling Misadventures, Nikki Richardson from Top of the Round, Keldrick Drake Sargent of Exquariance Points and the moderator Zach Ald from Cast Junkie as they give an insightful look into their time spent in the podcasting world, learn what they do to set their show apart, and, uh, what can feel like a sea of actual play content, how they found community and creation, and what misconceptions they have learned in the truth in a blunt and honest discussion uh, in what just started as being fans of the genre. So it'll be fun to see what they have on that, and you can get all of the information, like I said, at PAX Online. Just do a Google search for it, find it. A lot of content over nine days, lots of stuff, and uh, I know that they're going to be replaying some of the things, so if you're missing, you'll be able to check all of that out. Very excited to see some of those panels And while PAX usually is there for people The fans to play the games and experience them I mean, it's just not going to be able to happen this year So it's really fun to be able to see some of my friends And some of the cool people that I've worked with in the past At least have their panels up And uh, being able to check all of that out And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B
1: Vicky, what's going on? Uh, memes. <laughs> okay, yeah, not surprising. <laughs> it's Friday, and I haven't talked about memes really in a while. No, you've
0: had a lot of fun news things going on. Right. You just want to go back to the comfort of uh, memeville, don't you? And
1: I mean, I could do a couple memes and then actually go into a story. All right. Uh, one I really love this one. It was actually a tweet, uh, by at prim awesome and says don't be boring with your midlife crisis and buy a sports car go hard learn magic lisa falcon start a cult are people worried about you sure but are they also a little curious yeah man sign them up for the cult and you got to make those falcon payments
0: uh, see people thought i had an old person cult i just joined my neighborhood watch group sure they're old people sure they uh, really pay attention to me and what i'm talking about and really seem to follow
2: what i'm doing but i'm not a cult leader but are you drunk with power uh, slightly tipsy? Ooh, okay. Yeah, just a little bit.
1: Uh, which is funny that we talk about cult leaders, because the next <laughs> meme is about <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Oh, wow, okay. And it says, if a child starts crying in public, and they have multiple things of what, what somebody would do, and who would actually do these things. Oh, okay. So, if a child starts crying in public, who would try to make the, the child laugh? It would obviously be Luther. Who okay, tra- uh, yeah. tries to play with the child to make them calm down? Obviously, it would be Ben and Vanya.
0: Okay, yeah, I could see that.
1: Gives detailed instructions to the parents.
0: Oh, that. Oh, would that? Would that be number five? Nope. Okay. I think you'd just give him a gun or something like that.
1: Allison. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. I guess that makes sense. She was a really good parent, though. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Cries with the child would be Klaus. Yeah. Klaus. Klaus. He'd be like, Klaus? oh, I know. Life's so awful. Uh, ignores the child would be Diego.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the reason why the child is crying is number five. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it's fun,
0: though, because you let me borrow the first two trades mm-hmm. of Umbrella Academy, and it is... It's fundamentally different than the show. Mm-hmm. It's a comic book, so it doesn't get into uh, like the deep, deep character development. But I liked it uh, for what it was. Uh, I still think that I really enjoyed uh, the show a lot more, but I still need to borrow the third volume from yeah, you, because I'm really excited for it. It was really fun.
1: I'll try to bring it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but I actually found an article that uh, was talking about every superpower the show changed or left out. And oh, nice. You know, reading the comics, it is... Pretty different from the show, and I think it is a good idea. <laughs> it was a yeah. very good decision. It doesn't make the, the comic book or the show better. I think they're both great in their own you know realm.
0: Well, in the big one, and I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder on all of them, mm-hmm. but the big one I felt was Diego, mm-hmm. because in the comic book, he can hold his breath for a really long for time. an
1: indefinite amount of time. He was referred to the Kraken, yeah. and so they, they all had code names, and even in the first season, uh, when I think it was when <laughs> Luther was carrying number five when he was drunk it's like oh these mad people were trying to were attacking the house like oh Hazel and Cha-Cha Luther says oh I hate code names
0: <laughs> 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 which is
1: funny because everyone has a code name and it was very confusing to read the first time especially because all the characters look exactly the same in yeah. the comic yeah mm-hmm. Um, but Diego was referred to as the Kraken due to his ability to, like you said, hold his breath for an indefinite amount of time, among other things that make him capable of swimming underwater for long periods of time, much like the, you know, legendary sea monster, um, but he also, besides that omission, Diego's ability to curve the trajectory of projectiles, in particular his throwing knives, is presented in both the TV show and the comic. So they, okay, did, keep so they did keep that. Okay, so they did keep that? Oh, right. I wasn't... Yes. Like, that I, was a thing he did.
0: I know. In the comic book, it's so, like, it kind of skips around or, like, somebody will do something big, but it won't be explained until, like, two pages later. So if you're confused in the comic, don't worry, it'll probably be explained in a little bit.
1: Right. And uh, <laughs> scooping back to number one, Luther, yeah. which is funny because his. Codename was Space Boy, mm-hmm. which they, you know, his niece would call him that Space Boy. Uh, so that's a nice little Easter egg there. Uh, so apparently, in, in the comic, it's Luther, they kind of imply that Luther didn't really have super strength um, until his head was attached to an ape's body. So it wasn't like he got the. Oh, yeah! Like a serum like they did in the show. They attached his head to the ape's body. Because you kind of see like a weird thing, like it looks like his head was attached, kind of like yeah. a Futurama thing without the tank. <laughs> um, it appears as though he did not have any powers until that moment. The series likely excluded this in order to maintain the role of the leader of the Academy. And if Luther had been introduced as lacking in powers, his characterization as the strongest of the seven would not have made sense.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um Number three being Allison. So one of the things that I had talked about, and we finally got to see in season two, which I was hoping for, was being the rumor, they hadn't shown her ability to alter, you know, others' perception of the surrounding until season two's, you know, big opening sequence mm-hmm. when they tease it when she was saying, I heard a rumor that I blew your minds, and their sol- their heads Pop! actually exploded. Yeah, And so that was one of the things we were hoping to see. I'm glad that they... They incorporated that.
0: And it's way more epic in the comic books. Mm -hmm. Like, it was really fun to see how they went about
2: that.
1: Yeah, how, like, basically she (laughs) caused Lincoln's assassination.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Which does make me wonder how she's not the strongest. I mean, that power seems absurdly, you know. And part of it, it really is. Like, but her own, like, especially
0: in the show, like, they see that, like, it's her own, like, not wanting to use it. Uh, because anytime she does it, it's like uh, the craft. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. you cast a spell, if it's like something malevolent, uh, it's going to come back on you. So whenever she does something, it's almost like a djinn's wish. Like you're going to get what you want, but not necessarily how you want it. So mm-hmm. the repercussions were going to be monumental. I'm picturing oh, it, it as sense. the
1: ring from Lord of the Rings. It's like yeah. every time you use it, yes, it's helpful, but you're going to the dark side a little bit.
0: The dark side.
1: Uh, Klaus, also known as the Seance Which I think
0: is an amazing name
1: Uh, has the ability to channel the deceased including his brother Ben so both versions of the character rely on the dead for most of their superpowers but in the comics however Klaus is able to possess people as well as communicate through airwaves allowing for him to project himself onto TVs and radios Mm -hmm. and it isn't a drastic alteration to his powers but it was left out in favor of making Ben into a more active member of the academy
0: yeah like Ben isn't acknowledged much at all like hardly at all Mm -hmm. and so that was a fun dynamic to have that and also, I mean, uh, he also had telekinetic powers in the yes, comics. and
1: he could fly. And,
0: yeah, so it was, yeah, a whole like slew of things. I like how they did flying kind of in, in the, the show. Kind of in the second season. Yeah, the second season. That was super funny. And it
1: was actually just Ben.
0: And we still guess. don't know how he died in the TV show, right? They uh, just said it on violently. a mission. Yeah, 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 just violently via mission. And I, I bet you that'll somehow get explained because he's back for season three. If Ooh. we have a season three, knock on whatever this is. I don't think it's wood. But, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, so one of the things, uh, that was different for number five, I think the powers are pretty much the same. The only major difference between the two is the fact uh, that the series never mentions that his outstanding career as a perfect assassin was due to the fusion of his DNA with yeah. the world's most notorious killers. He
0: was like one of the coolest lines ever. He's like, I am every killer. Like, yes. I am this one with this one mixed with this one and this one and this one and this one. And this, one. this is why I'm perfect. Because the what is it, the, the Temp Commission, mm-hmm. uh, they they will do body modification in order to help you get to where you need to be.
1: Mm-hmm. So whether it's, or not. For their
0: con- Oh.
1: <laughs> Whether this counts as a superpower or not is debatable, but I think mm-hmm. it does.
0: Yeah, I think it does too.
1: Uh number six being Ben. So they <laughs> actually did. made it his his <laughs> his code name was the horror.
0: Yeah, because he did the oh, a he big had horror The Horror Tentacle Monster. Yeah, the Cthulhu tentacles. So Out like of his chest.
1: like we were saying he was he's he was a big part of the storyline in the comics or in the comics in the show but not really in the comics. Yeah. He does not make an appearance other than getting ice cream after a battle in the form of a statue outside the academy. Yeah. It is known that his powers are derived from the ability to conjure monsters from other dimensions and manifest them through his body.
0: Literally like the ancient ones.
1: Right. And this is featured <laughs> in the series but due to little information provided on the character in the comics the show can create whatever superpower for Ben is desired and his capabilities are rather rather ambiguous, which may make for an exhilarating season three.
0: And it reminds me of what they did with Deadpool uh, with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yes. Like it was very, very, very minor character that they were like, well, we can kind of just flub these powers, whatever they, whatever she had in the comics, because mm-hmm. I think the character is just cool enough that we can throw it in there. Plus, most people didn't have the rights to that character, so they could actually use it. Oh. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, and number seven being Vanya. She was the white violin in the comics after she, it is revealed that she has powers. Um, the white violin can only manifest her abilities while playing her violin and or only orchestrated the apocalypse with the help of the qu- uh, conductor, which was like this weird kind of creature. He was so
0: weird. He kind of looked yeah. like General Grievous in the uh, comic. Yeah. Oh. Almost yeah. like robotic. Yeah. Not like forearms, but like the face sort of mask yeah. thing. Yeah. So
1: he was the one he knew about Vanya's powers in the comics and he was like, hey, come out and I will give you like we'll work together and we're going to do a thing
0: and it was like they say that she was brainwashed in the comics but also because comics they got to kind of do things quickly it was kind of a quick turn like she's like my family hates me so let's just blow up the world and I was like all
1: right, and it was his apocalyptic song writing that was going to, you know, mm-hmm. cause the apocalypse. And the series takes her powers a step further by allowing her to utilize sound waves that are not solely allocated to her violin. So even her own heartbeat, which we saw at, towards the end of se- the season one, where she escapes the big vault thing,
2: yeah. Um, that's right
1: overall the change enhanced the character made Vanya more entertaining than the graphic novel because afterwards it wasn't Allison that shot next to her that yeah. caused her to you know, forget uh, it was number five shot her in the head yeah. actually shot her and he, he was such a d about it he's the, like i never really liked you
0: i know it was really brutal like it's like one of those like they've tried to fix a lot of things by shooting people in the head that yep. doesn't necessarily ever work out either i mean it also no, no. and they kind of paid homage to that in the uh in the series for season two when uh the uh the the, the commissioner lady that i can't remember her damn name commissioner, commissioner. oh yeah you're right when she got shot in the head and it didn't work because she had a metal plate there.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad they made him a little a little nicer and loved his family a little more than that. Gosh, right? Uh, but read the comics, watch the show if you haven't already. And until next time, stay nerdy.